Hello and welcome to the Nostalgia Mixtape, where we celebrate pop culture memories from the 80s through the 2000s and new things with a throwback Thursday vibe that give us all the feels. My name is Ty. Oh, hi everybody. I'm Christina. <laughs> and we are your hosts for the Nostalgia Mixtape. And it is our first podcast, everyone. You can't see me, but I'm dancing frantically in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know what we're doing quite yet, but we're going to figure it out and everything's going to work out perfectly fine. And I think we'll have a lot of fun once we kind of get everything going. Um, so today's podcast, of course, since it's our inaugural one, our first one, we're going to do our format a little different than what we'll be doing in the future. We'll kind of start off with a basic introduction, let you guys know who we are why we're doing this, you know, a little bit about what to expect in the future. And then we'll kind of jump into our very first topic for our first podcast. So as I said before, my name is Ty Gooden and I am a freelance writer. Um, I cover a lot of things. I've covered everything from geek culture, nerd culture. I've done some politics stuff, some entertainment. Um, I've been fortunate to write for The Guardian, for Paper, for Pace Magazine, uh, Sci-Fi Fangirls, The Learn Fangirl, Geek and Sundry, a whole lot of places. I've been doing it for about six years now. Um, and I have two kids. Oldest kid is Genesis. She is eight years old. And my youngest one is Adrian. She's four years old. Um, so I will be referencing them from time to time because they're kind of a part of my nostalgic experience. Um, and I am super excited to really get this started. I'm so glad that Christina and I are kind of teaming up to do something together because we've been wanting to do something together for a while. So I'm going to let Christina introduce herself and then we'll just kind of get into a little bit more about why we're starting the podcast and, and kind of the basic things that we're going to do here. Hello, everybody. My name is Christina Henry. I um, am not nearly as cool as Taisha is on paper at all. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I am a singer-songwriter from North Carolina, I'm single with no kids, but uh, Genesis and Adrian are like my adopted nieces. I really love them. Um, and I'm just here, you know, to help support Taisha. We have been friends for seven, eight years now. We actually met on Twitter. Twitter is a beautiful place if you make it that way. Yes. Um, and <laughs> if you make it that way is the, is the uh, thing you need to put the emphasis on. Um, and literally we just met because I was saying I was going out for my birthday and she said she wants to tag along. She showed up at my house with a birthday card, never met me. And we have been thick as thieves and like best friends ever since. Um, I sing, I write, I used to dance, um, which I plan on getting back into after I heal from this broken ankle of mine that I've got going on right now. Um, I, my profession is in management. Um, I manage a movie theater for the moment. And uh, I love all things movies, movies, music, television, you name it. Um, I'm a huge Backstreet Boys fan, which you will get to know uh, through the course of this podcast. We'll probably dedicate an entire episode to boy bands, which is like my specialty. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be fun um and uh yeah that's just a little bit about me you'll get to know more about me as we get to talking about some of these topics coming up yeah well as far as the nostalgia mi mixtape a lot of people of course want to know why are we doing the podcast why are we here why does this really matter um i have been wanting to start a, a podcast for a while probably about three years now and i've just always been super busy always had a lot of things going on and honestly, there was a lot of fear that was just holding me back from doing it. I knew I wanted to start something, but I felt like I had to have it all figured out. Like I had to have all the ducks in the row and like I had to have it to be a podcast authoritative figure or something like that. Like I had to know all the things before I could start. 
Right. Um, <laughs> and you know, what really changed my mind and kind of turned me around was uh, a Twitter follower of mine and someone that I, I mutually follow as well called Ed Williams. And he had a series of tweets and everything where he was talking about how people talk about starting things and how they want to do something. They plan, they dream, they research, they do all of these things, but they never they quite- all the books. Right, but they never quite get around to actually doing the thing. So he has a hashtag that's called start the thing that he started. And when I saw that, it just, it really resonated with me. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to start it at any time, if we're going to do this thing, we need to do it now. Um, Christina and I have probably needed to do something together for a while. Cause we a talk very about, long time. <laughs> right. Because we talk about like pop culture. We talk about any and everything, everything from our personal lives to the music artists that we like. Um, we talk we about go to movies. concerts together very often. Right. Movies, TVs, books. You went to your first geek conference with me, right? Topwater? I did, actually. Yeah. Um, that was so, the first one I'd ever been to. Right, right. Yeah, because Christina came up to see me and hang out. We went to a Trey Songs concert together, um, which was kind of part of the reason that we gelled as friends, too, because we were both fans of Trey's music. And she came up. We went to the concert and everything. And I'm like, ooh, there's a local geek convention going on want to go and she's like sure why not so we went and we had a really good time and now i think she's i have enveloped her into the geek culture yeah i <laughs> like, um greensboro the city that i live in in north carolina just recently started their own like comic nerd convention um that they had last september so me and my sister went to that which was awesome um i had a friend that had a booth in the artist gallery which was also pretty cool um and they're doing another con in september which i'm excited about maybe you can come down for that that'd be fun Ooh, that'd be awesome that'd be awesome that'd be awesome so yeah we got together we we started the thing we're doing it we'll figure some things out as we go along um we are going to be on the search for some opening music so if you guys have any suggestions or anything like that tweet us on twitter we're at nostalgia mix pod you can also email us at nostalgia mix pod at gmail.com let us know if there's anyone that could possibly provide us with some opening clips or if you have any ideas for that portion of our segment because we would like to have some kind of cool clip opening but we also don't want to violate any copyright laws <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble yeah. for using some nobody's trying to get sued today right yeah because i ain't got no money like that like i said freelance so my, my money's coming in just kind of randomly here there and everywhere um but as far as the nostalgia concept i don't know i think it was something that just kind of randomly popped in my head one day um, and I don't even know if it was that random because nostalgia is such a integral part of all of our lives. I mean, you look at how it's playing a major role in current pop culture that we're listening to now. You know, everything from music where you're hearing a lot of the samples and stuff like a lot of the rap artists now are sampling like 3-6 Mafia. And that's what we grew up listening to and everything. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, you see those new artists doing that and... Or you go to a movie and it's a reboot of something that came out 30 years ago. Like, one of my things is the Power Rangers. And, you know, last year they came out with the Power Rangers movie, which is like a reboot of the franchise. And I'm like, right. I remember rushing home to watch the show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, it's funny how all those things are just kind of circling around. I mean, you know, you got fashion repeating itself. Like with uh, Carl Kanai, they just did a... I guess like a partnership or a collaboration with a designer that I've seen on Instagram before called Pretty Little Things. Wait, um, what? <laughs> yeah, like Carl Kanai is back and Tiana Taylor is the model. Wow. For the new Carl Kanai wear. And some of it is super dope. Like, it's, Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. I'm <laughs> color me intrigued at this point. By the way, speaking of, speaking of checking that out, so what we're going to do is we're going to include some show notes for you guys. 
And so when we mention some things like that, we'll try our best to get all those things in the show notes. So like the Carl Canine mentioned that I just did, we'll put it down there in the notes. You guys will be able to go click on it, take a look at the things, but it's, it's like a super dope line. So, you know, you got that, you've got Stranger Things. I mean, it's just one big, you know, tribute to the 80s. It's something brand new, fresh with a great new storyline, wonderful characters and everything. Probably one of my favorite shows that's come out in the most recent years, but it's got all of those 80s references, the Goonies and, and E.T. And, and all of those things. So nostalgia is like in everyday life. And I'm like, well, why not? And, and you know, also we kept that, that, like, we're at a point now where we're in our 30s, you know, don't want to call anybody out for exactly how old they are. But, you know, at this point, we're a little older. <laughs> Even though we don't want to admit it, we are definitely getting a little bit older now. And it's just fun to go back and revisit those things that made, you know, our middle school and high school and like college days, you know, how awesome, to make them how awesome they are. Um, so it's, it's fun to go back and look at those things and be like, oh, I remember how this particular thing made me feel at that time. And so that's part of the inspiration for the show as well is just looking back and, you know, not wanting to admit that we're probably getting a little older. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it crazy though? Like you could be in a store in your car or something like that and you hear a song. And it just like instantly takes you back to a certain time in your life or a certain place or something like that. And that's the beauty of it. It's it's remembering not only the song or the movie or the TV show or whatnot, but it's also going back and realizing, you know, thinking about how that made you feel and what you were going through with time and, you know, just where your life was and how far you've come from then. Like, nostalgia is a beautiful thing. Um, everybody's got it for something. So right. why not? This is why we're here. Yeah. And, you know, the crazy thing about it when, you know, when I was really thinking about doing the podcast and stuff is that it was so hard to come up with a name. <laughs> like we, I bounced around a few things in my head and everything. And so I, I text Christina and I'm like, dude, I need, we need a name. Like we got to do something and, and figure out a name. Once we figure out a name, that's going to get us going. Cause then we can like set up the Twitter page. We can get our, you know, our email account going. We can kind of get the ball rolling and I'm like, nostalgia, should it be in the name? I don't know. And so I threw out a couple of things. And what was the one that I threw out to you with the mixtapes in there? I don't even remember. It's one of those things where, like, we started, and then once the ball got rolling, like, it just kind of snowballed, and it it, it ran away from us, kind of, like, in a good way. Um, And I came through and was like, you know, everybody remembers what they used to do in the 90s before CDs were a thing. You used to listen to the radio Mm -hmm. and wait for your song to come on with a cassette tape ready to record your song because you probably couldn't afford the CD or your mom hadn't bought it for you yet. Right. And so I was like, let's just call it the nostalgia mixtape because it's just going to be a big hodgepodge of all those things that made us happy. We all bounce again from like things that happened to us in college to things in middle school to elementary school and middle and just all the years in between. Um, you know, just all those things that basically made us who we are now um, and influenced us and the decisions that we make now. Um, and I thought it was perfect. And she was like, you know what? That works. And the nostalgia mixtape was born. Yeah, it did. It, it, you know, it really resonated with me because I was like, wow. I mean, that's so true because as we go through and we talk about different topics and stuff, it, it kind of is like a mixtape of all the different things that you remember from those eras. Um, so we decided to go with the 80s through the 2000s because really those are the eras that kind of influence us the most. Um, 
you know, I think being kids of the 80s, both of us, well, being babies of the 80s, we're 80s babies and we're 90s kids. And we kind of came of age in the 2000s. Those are kind of the three decades that really mean the most to us because most people kind of have this this fascination or, you know, this interest in the decade that they were born in. So, you know, you go and you Google, you know, what was the number one song on <laughs> in 1987 on June the 1st, you know, if that's your birthday or whatever, you kind of want to know what was popular, what was going on, what were, you know, what would your, what were your parents possibly into on the year that they had you? Um, right. you know, and what I think, were they watching those days? Right. Those days? Right. You know, and I think it's, it's really interesting for us being 80s babies because we have such a wide and interesting influence on us so you've got parents like mine that were born in the 60s so you've got a lot of that 60s and 70s influence that they kind of had that played a major role in our lives i remember you know the music and the movies and things that we watched as i was growing up you're interested Mm -hmm. in the 80s because you're 80s baby and then the 90s and the two the early 2000s mean so much to you because that was your childhood yeah all of your childhood into your formative years into adulthood and beyond um like i Again, you look back at those days and you realize, oh, well, that particular instance made me the way I am now, or that thing influenced me so heavy and it's still a part of my life. Like, going back to me being a Backstreet Boys fan, um, I just recently went on one of their cruises, which, yes, that's a thing. Um, But I was talking to my roommate and they were showing, you know, old interviews and stuff like that. And you look back and you're like, man, that album came out 18, 19 years ago. Like, what? How is it that this thing has been a part of my life for so long and still affecting my life, you know, here in my early 30s? Like, you just never really know what it is that's going to be that thing that, like, you know, teaches you something or, like, has an impact or still has an impact later. Um, You just never really know what that thing is going to be. Right. And, you know, and like Christina said, what we want to do is try to take those different topics and different subjects and we want to try to group them together. So that's basically what we'll be doing on our podcast is, you know, we may have one episode where we just talk about uh, 90s blockbuster movies or something like that. And we may have another one where we just talk about all sorts of cartoons, maybe cartoons from the late 90s or cartoons from the early 90s. We want to kind of break them up into segments about that and just talk about some of the things that really matter to us. You know, we're hoping that you guys will will tweet us, will email us, will let us know kind of some of the things that you're into um, because, of course, our pop culture knowledge isn't all encompassing and isn't all extensive. You know, we're only two people. <laughs> um, right. And the interesting thing about both of us, you know, being black women, I think a lot of times when people focus on the topic of nostalgia and they talk about the good old days, it's usually things that are centered on the white experience. Also very true. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, Christina loved the Backstreet Boys and everything like that. And it's definitely a, a white boy band and stuff like that. But she also experiences their music from a different perspective because she is a black woman. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, we're hoping in the future to bring on some different guests and everything like that. Um, I think between both of us, we know some really interesting, um, really, really smart, really well-versed people in a lot of different subjects. And so we definitely want to bring them on depending on what they're into and what we're talking about uh, to just kind of sit back, kick back, have a real casual conversation with us about some different things that just kind of take us back to the past. Um, I think we all need that, especially right now with everything that's going on. Um, And I kind of referenced this a little bit on the Twitter page too, when I talked about us being definitely cognizant of the things that are going on in the issues of the world right now. But I think everybody could use a reprieve. Absolutely. And I hope every other day there's craziness going on. Right. And I hope this podcast can be one of the things that you can add to your list to kind of be a break from all of the 
the madness that's going on in the world and, and on Twitter and, and, you know, even things that are going on for you on a, on a nuclear level in your personal life. So we, we just want to take a step back from that. It's, it's going to be lighthearted. It'll be mostly fun. You know, we want to laugh. We want to joke. We just want to have a good time. Exactly. We want to be a way of escape for you and like a place where you can come and recharge and like, you know, we'll talk about something that you may like from the 80s or 90s or whatnot and you get really amped up. And then after you listen to our podcast, you like leave your car, leave your house and are just like ready to take on the world. We want to be able to be that escape for you to where, you know, you can go out and still continue to carry on, even though, you know, outside is kind of dumpster fire right now. Exactly. And it's nothing like, like, I listen to podcasts all the time. Um, I listen to them while I'm walking. I work by myself as a freelancer, so I'm constantly listening to things. And I listen to everything from podcasts about shamanism to a Saved by the Bell podcast. So <laughs> everything that you can possibly imagine in between are, are some things that I'm definitely into. So I know how podcasts can become a part of your life, how much of an impact they can have, the joy that they can bring into your life and the you know, the, the thought and the insight and everything like that. So, you know, we definitely hope it's going to be part of that. And we hope that you'll be listening to this podcast on the day that it drops, which is the first day of summer, June 21st. <laughs> and you got a little summertime home in the background. <laughs> I'm so, goofy. I sing a lot. It's kind of the thing that I do. She'll be the only person singing because that's that's not my ministry. So, all right. <laughs> oh, come on. Ty. Everybody's come on. got everybody's got a ministry, and I know at some point we're going to talk about my Glee Club past experience. Oh yes, yes we are. <laughs> Don't let me forget about that guy as we have to talk about her being Glee Club because I have so many questions. Today is Same not the day, but one day you'll hear about. The crazy. <laughs> the fact that you're giggling so hard makes me want to know what's going on even more. It's the it was the audition experience. <laughs> it was the audition experience. It was just so. Oh my god! I have the I have the wildest stories. Oh my god! People are gonna find out way more about me than they probably should. <laughs> well, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but before. Before we get into all of the summer feels and some of the past things of the summer that we're reminded of as we get into the summer season, we want to do a segment that we like to call the Nostalgia Recap. And so what we're going to be doing is kind of looking back at some of the things that have happened or transpired recently, possibly over the past week. It may extend out a little bit longer, depending on what the story is, and just kind of let you know some of the things that we've peeped out online, um, things that we maybe talked to with our friends about and everything and just kind of let you know the nostalgia related things that are going on right now. Yep. So we're going to start with the final nail in the coffin of one of the like biggest pillars of my childhood personally, which is Toys R Us. Um, they just recently put out a statement um, since they have finally closed their doors. Um, basically, you know, saying that, you know, they're done. Um, there will be no more Toys R Us. Uh, and it makes me pretty sad. Uh, when I was growing up, my mom and my older sister both worked there. So, like, I am the definition of a Toys R Us kid. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, I remember, like, going to Toys R Us after, you know, I got out of school and going to hang out there with my mom and my sister and, like, running around the store and, like, playing all the little game demos and stuff like that. Me and the general manager of that store, whose name I can't remember at the time, like, we're best friends. So I'd be really excited when my mom's boss was at work. 
you know, she didn't like her boss at the time. Um, and it was just like so much fun. You'd find me in the Barbie aisle. You could find me in the Lego aisle. You could find me playing like the Nintendo games, like little demo games they would have. Um, it was just a huge, huge part of my childhood. Um, the Toys R Us that they used to work at here in my hometown has been uh, demolished and turned into a Walmart, which not really happy about that, but it is what it is, you know. Oh, life no. changes and continues to move on. Um, and, you know, it just signifies like the end of an era to me. Um, you know, you go to that store and you say, oh, well, this is going to be here forever. And, you know, you get excited around Christmas to see the big toy book and circle with a big red pen, all the things that you wanted for Christmas, half of which you wouldn't get. But <laughs> you'd still be hopeful. Um, and it was just, you know, a fun time. And I'm kind of sad to see it go. Um, like I saw a picture um, of they had like a liquidation sale at their corporate office and they actually sold Joffrey, the big giraffe that like was two stories tall. And I'm like, no. I, where's, can I have like but who bought five that? on it or something? <laughs> like, can I have Joffrey in my house somewhere? Um, so it just makes me sad, but also nostalgic because I remember those days hanging out in the store all the time um, and buying toys with my allowance and all that fun stuff. Um, it's kind of sad, but you know, it, things happen. It is sad. That's crazy. Cause I don't know if my kids are necessarily as much toys R us kids as, you know, as our generation was, but I definitely would go there for Christmas shopping. They definitely run around the store and picked out things that they wanted. And when they go in, like just watching their eyes light up and how excited they would get just to go in a store. That's just nothing but, toys and, and magical things that they, you know, that they wanted and they would go through and point out the things that they want. And they used to, they still send out the booklets for holidays, or at least they used to anyway, you know, before everything now that's transpired, they used to send out the booklets and my kids would go through and flip through those booklets and, mm -hmm. you know, point out the different things that they wanted or whatever. So that's, that's like a generational thing. That's, it's going to be no more now. Right, like, we still have toys at my mom's house from, like, when she was working there. Like, Lego sets that are 20-some-odd years old and, like, old X-Men figurines. And, like, my mom is a huge Star Trek and Star Wars fan. And she has, in her room, like, an entire wall of Star Trek and Star Wars figures. And every single one of them she bought when she was working at Toys R Us. And so it's just kind of, again, it's bittersweet. You know, I cherish my time just hanging out at Toys R Us, but it's... It's really sad to see you go. Like, I wish somebody would bring it back. But, you know, the world is changing, and you either adapt or don't. And this is kind of the result of that. Oh. Are they open, the figurines that she has? Uh, no, they're still in boxes. What? Yeah. Your mama rich. Uh, like, she, she might be sitting on a little mini gold mine there. But I understand she wants to keep it. It's very possible. I mean, Barbie dolls, too. Like, the holiday Barbies that they used to come out with every year. She's got some of those. Like all the toys <laughs> okay i haven't she seen she could probably open up a mini toys r us in, in the front yard if she wanted to like, i have not exactly. seen that room yet but now i'm curious so next time i come to your house i need to see your mom's shrine of all the star things and barbie things that she's got apparently all over her walls and everywhere oh yeah that's pretty drastic i'll take some pictures and we'll post them somewhere if she lets me we'll see oh my she doesn't like pictures <laughs> that's crazy 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 oh my gosh so I don't know. I mean, for me, I think, you know, one thing that I saw that was really interesting this week was an article on Undefeated. And it was actually about Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince. 
So, of course, as everybody in America knows, this week, past weekend was Father's Day weekend. Um, you know, I know I have some listeners that probably will be tuning in from outside of America, but in America, it was Father's Day weekend. And so you had all your different Father's Day blog posts and all of those things going up. And uh, I read some of the things that I could. I, I usually try to dive into more of those things and share them just because I like to keep Father's Day happy. I think it's kind of a, a holiday that gets bogged down by a lot of negativity and, you know, in yes, so many ways. Does. Yeah. And, it's you know, not nearly as big as Mother's Day is, which is very sad. Right. You know, and we won't get into the negative parts, but one of the good things I saw out there was that article about Uncle Phil. Um, it was on the undefeated and it was written by Justin Tinsley. Um, and I've read some of his stuff before. He's an excellent writer and, and we're definitely going to include a link to this in the show notes. So check the article out when you get a chance. It's an absolute must read. If you are a Fresh Prince fan, like I'm a Fresh Prince fan and and I'm a Fresh Prince fan. Yes, we're going to be talking Fresh Prince for a whole episode one time in the future. But anyway, the article was basically about the scene where Will's father had left him. You know, he said he was going to take him with him and then he ended up leaving him behind. And Will just has this really emotional and strong monologue. And, you know, I think it's kind of gotten remembered now is the moment that people finally realized that Will Smith was like an actor, like he could right. actually act and really bring it through. But it was talking about it from James Avery, um, who played Uncle Phil's perspective and how he was kind of that quiet strength for Will. And he just brought him in and, you know, hugged him and everything. And uh, the article included a couple of quotes from Tatiana Ali, who played Ashley Banks, um, Joseph Marcel, who played the butler jeffrey who's probably my favorite character and he was everybody's favorite character because every time you see him on the show like he's doing his job as a butler and also like silently shading everybody he and was sometimes not silently shading everybody the shadiest of shady people like he just you could do a whole episode about jeffrey and just his i mean his shade and his comebacks and stuff i gotta talk he's we gotta the king of the side eye <laughs> Oh my God, when we talk about that lottery episode where he broke all that stuff in the house after he thought he had won. <laughs> oh my God, Jeffrey was ready to pack his stuff and be and out. Leave. Like, I'm not doing anything else for you people. I am out. <laughs> Jeffrey was peak blackness if we found out we really went the lottery. You ain't doing, you ain't doing nothing else. You just, you like peace. I'm done. But, but, you know, either way, with the, with the article and stuff, it was basically talking about the impact that James Avery had on all of their lives, you know, as a colleague, as a, as a friend, as a mentor, um, and kind of the impact that he really had on a whole generation of people. You know, we've heard the J. Cole song, you know, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. I mean, everybody knows that line, you know, from that song. And the same thing with Drake and so many other rappers and, you know, people our age who grew up with Uncle Phil and, you know, he was such an interesting character to have on TV because you've got him with this, you know, kind of radical pro-black background. And then he goes into being a judge and kind of having that socioeconomic privilege that he had and him mm -hmm. kind of doing the bouncing act of both of those um, and kind of how that had an impact on Will as a kid coming from, you know, the projects and everything. So they talked about a lot of that stuff in that article. Um but yeah, that that's one that I saw out there that I was just like, wow, like that's talking about Father's Day and things that people are reading right now. But it's Fresh Prince related and, you know, got a lot of likes, a lot of shares. There was a lot of commentary and discourse around it on Twitter and stuff. So we'll have that link there for you. Check that article out on The Undefeated. It is fantastic. It is very fantastic. We got to do a show on like great TV dads, too, because he's probably 
at the top of the list of like some of the greatest TV dads. Um, like he he was probably in my house more than my own father because you know right. I have a little family situation going on, but um, yeah, he was just the best. Like he understood, he was hard on Will, but at the end of the day, you knew that he just wanted what was best for everybody, and he worked hard to get it, and. He worked hard to instill great values into all of his kids, including Will, because he definitely considered Will his own child. Right. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, you just look back on it with such fond memories and it gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling because, you know, he was such a big part of your life when you were growing up. Um, so he definitely deserves all the props as Uncle Phil and as an actor. You know, he deserves all the props for killing that role because he's Uncle Phil, like... You can call him James Avery if you want to. Right, but he's Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil everybody. (laughs) Forever and ever and ever. There was a Best TV Dads ranking or like list or something that I saw on BuzzFeed, maybe. And they definitely had Uncle Phil at the top. Like the first thing I did when I opened up the article was just scroll to number one. Because if Uncle Phil went number one, your article is invalid because he's the greatest TV dad. And of course they had a couple of other ones like, um, gosh, who else did they have up there? They had James from Good Times, you know, just a couple of other, you know, a couple of other mm-hmm. people like that or whatever. But either way, if you're making a list about best TV dads, I don't care what genre of TV you're talking about. If Uncle Phil is not number one on your list, your list is invalid. Pretty much. Point blank. Go ahead and wrap it up and call it a day. <laughs> Point blank and period. It's done. What else did you see out there? Um, so I'm on Reddit a lot, um, and I just found out that it is the 20th anniversary of the uh, video game Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, um, which I'm not a huge gamer at all. Like, I've never really been a huge gamer. Um, my brother was growing up, um, and pretty much if he didn't have it, I didn't play it because uh, I didn't care otherwise. Um, and that was probably one of the first video games I ever remember playing, um, uh, like a story video game. Like, I played Tetris growing up because Tetris is everywhere. Like, I have Tetris on my phone. That doesn't count. Yeah. But Ocarina of Time was just, it changed the game for video games, I think, at the time, but it also was my introduction to video games. I, to this day, I still have not beaten it because by about time I get to the water temple after everybody grows up, I'm just like, I'm, I'm tapping out. <laughs> but um, I do remember, you know, riding around on like having to get the horse first. Because getting a horse is not easy. Getting a horse, running off with a horse, you had to, like, win a race first, mm-hmm. like, with the horse. And then you literally had to steal it and run away with the horse and, like, not get caught running away with the horse. Wow. Um, yeah, like, you, like, had to hop the fence and everything. <laughs> it's been out 20 years and you ain't beat the game yet. Uh, you're trying no. to, what you're trying to tell me is you've been playing this game since you was 11? <laughs> right. So the thing is that I start the game and I get to a certain point. Like I can get to, you have to beat like uh, a earth temple, a water temple, and a fire temple, and then you get all three pieces of the triforce, and then Link grows up and some right. things go down, and everything like chaos has ensued, and then you have to like go through all of those temples plus like three more other temples, and I can get to Link growing up and him pulling the sword out of the stone, and I think I can get to getting into the castle, mm-hmm. but I can never actually rescue Zelda. Which, by the way, a lot of people like to mix it up and call the lead character in the game Zelda. That's not Zelda. Link is the guy that you're playing in the game. 
again, it was one of my favorite games growing up. Uh, it's probably my favorite video game franchise. You know, everybody's in the Call of Duty and all those other things. Mm -hmm. Give me a Legend of Zelda game. Like, I want to buy a Switch just so I can buy Breath of the Wild. And that's it. Like, I don't need to play anything else. I suck at Call of Duty. Give me Switch. That's <laughs> it. I'm, I'm fine. And I probably still won't beat that either. <laughs> but I just want it to say that I have it because I love all things Legend of Zelda. Give me something with a Triforce on it and I'm happy. Like... So, again, it's one of those nostalgic things where you're like, man, this really has been 20 years since this video game came out. Like, what have I been doing with my life? And why is it 20 years later and I still haven't beat the thing? Like, why is 1998 20 years ago? Like, logically, I know I why. But don't really know. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, 1998 was not that long ago. Like, it's crazy. And it's a whole bunch of stuff that's celebrating 20th, 20th anniversaries this year. Like, albums, music. Like, 1998 just seemed like it was a good year for a lot of stuff. It was it was a big year. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we ever had the, like, the Y2K fever and... You know, we knew everything was about to hit the floor. We thought that everything was about to hit the fan. So people were just um, making stuff before the world ended. Right. Like, we decided, okay, well, the world's going to end in 2000. So we had to get all the stuff out that we can get out now. Um, I guess that's what was going on. But 98, 99, not like 97, 98, 99, like a lot of stuff happened. Like in that three-year time period, um, a lot. Yeah, people were, um, people were getting it popping before the world was going to end in 2000 because they knew it was going to be. <laughs> we, did, we did New Year's at home that year because my mom honestly thought that something strange was going to happen. Uh -huh. So we were sitting around like we had like kits of like food and water and stuff like that that we had made in 1999. Are your family doomsday peppers? No, no, they're really not. My mom is very paranoid um, about some things, not everything, but... <laughs> But she was a little concerned that, like, something weird was going to happen with, like, the computers and stuff like that. You know, because they were saying, like, the computers were going to set back to, like, 1900 and a whole bunch of weird stuff was going to happen or whatever. But, yeah, we right. were we stayed at home that year because we thought that the shit was going to hit the fan. Um, I'm going to try not to curse a whole lot on this podcast, by the way, so that way we can <laughs> – we, we don't have, like, some kind of, you know, explicit or mature rating or anything like that because we want it to be for everybody, but sorry. But either way, she thought that, you know, some weird things were going to happen and stuff. Like, we're not doomsday preppers at all. I don't even know right. why she thought that was a thing. Or who got that in her head to be paranoid about that. Actually, I remember exactly where I was. So my grandmother is a pastor. And I don't know how we ended up in Wilmington. Um, my dad's out of the family is from Wilmington, North Carolina. And um, we were there for that New Year's. Um, and surprisingly, we were not in church. Like... I remember not being in, that, in church because that's typically where I am if I'm at my grandmother's house is in church somewhere. Um, but I was in like what is considered my winter house watching MTV's New Year's Eve countdown because the Backstreet Boys were making a new video. <laughs> oh, Lord. Somehow every story revolves back to the Backstreet Boys. And so that was when Millennium came out. And so the first video that was played on MTV in the new Millennium was... Show me the beginning of being lonely, and they were debuting it like right after midnight. So I was staying up just so I could see that video for the first time. That's dope. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know why I remember that, but that was that was totally the thing at that time. Um, it was fun times. It was a dope video. It's one of my favorite songs by then. So. 
But again, it's weird how you could just go back and remember random things like that out of nowhere. And you're like, why the, why the heck do I remember that? Like, if I, <laughs> of all the things in my memory bank, why is that stuck in there? And that is right there. <laughs> 1999 was weird. It got real weird at the end. But back to the 20th anniversary thing, like you were saying with uh, Zelda, the day that we're actually recording this podcast, um, of course, we'll be releasing on the first day of summer. But the day that we're recording, it is the 20th anniversary of Mulan. I love that movie so, so, so much. It is one of my favorite movies. She's one of my favorite Disney princesses. The the, the characters, the soundtrack, the storyline, like everything just, it, it does it all for me. And of course, this is before we had like Tiana and, you know, right. anybody like that. So it's like, you know, you got a princess that's a person of color and she didn't have to be saved by nobody. Like she was, you know. She did all of the saving. Right. She did and all of the saving was chicken tail on her own and I, and I love that movie you know so much and we'll definitely dive into that movie in a future podcast we're hoping that maybe we'll be able to do something like I kind of referenced a little bit earlier in the show where we're going to cover 90s cartoons and innovative animated movies um and we got to get Kayla on because she's the person that actually did our logo and she um is a it social yes she is a social media curator and she um does a lot of great graphic work and everything but she's also a huge disney fan so shout out to kayla thank you so much for our logo and we definitely going to have you on to talk about disney you could probably do it for two hours without us talking back to you you could just talk to yourself for two hours about disney if you wanted to but we'll talk back to you and <laughs> she had a thread today of like clips from different Disney movies and I lived her every single bit of it like I tweeted to her um she had posted a video of the muses from Hercules yeah and like my biggest dream in the entire world like I've had dreams you know saying that since we're gardening do all that other stuff but I just need somebody to write Hercules a stage play so I can be one of the muses and then I can retire. Like, that's all I need to do. Just let me be, and I don't even need to get a head muse. Just let me be one of the muses. A muse. And I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> that's like, that's on your bucket list? That's the thing on Pretty your bucket much. list? It is on my bucket list. That is so it cool. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If you say, hey, Christina, <laughs> we need you to be a muse and her to the safe way, I'm dropping whatever I'm doing and I'm going to go be a muse in the safe way, Hercules. That's all I need to borrow. So somebody make it happen. I'm putting it out there into the universe, into the atmosphere for. You know, the universe conspired to make it happen. But if you may have it, I will come running. Like, just know. <laughs> I will come support you and I'll be your I'll be your yes person. I'll be cheering in the audience while you're doing your little, you know, they was they was popping the hips and stuff like that while you're doing your little right? popping the hips and stuff. I'm doing, look at my look at my awesome. friend living her dream. Being yeah, amused. you heard it here first, guys. I'm gonna be amused <laughs> and say play Hercules. Written by Lynn Manuel Miranda, probably. That would be great. I love him so much. He's like one of my favorite yes. people to follow on Twitter. Oh my god. He's goodness. my best friend in my head, so there's that. I got a lot of best friends in my head. I don't know if I'm gonna talk about all of them now or not. Because we actually <laughs> we, I mean we go on full adventures and everything like that. I have I have dreams about these people and I don't want to seem like a creeper right off the bat. Narrator voice. She's a little creep. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be a creeper. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna creep anybody out with my with my Rihanna love or anything like that today. We'll save that. For, <laughs> we'll save that for a future so that when people come back, they'll be like, "Oh my god, I didn't know she was so weird." She was a little weird, but not that weird. <laughs> yeah, she is a bit weird, but I'm a weird side. But that's why we're friends. So, also that. 
You know what I saw this weekend? Uh-oh. I'm scared. So, me and my husband were celebrating our sixth wedding anniversary. And so, we live in uh, Hampton, Virginia. And we went probably about six hours away to Asheville, North Carolina, which is in the mountains area of uh, North Carolina. Um, it's a really unique state if you've never been there before because you've got the beach and then you have, like, the Piedmont area where... Christina lives at, and then you've got like a full like mountain area or whatever. And so we're in the mountain area of North Carolina. We went out there, did a whole bunch of stuff, did like some beer tours and all the stuff like that. But we were packing up and getting ready to go. And let's make a deal was on TV. Oh, and wow. so a dude came on. It was a it was a black guy, and he was probably about around our age. And he was trying to win a trip to Mexico and like a Kia or something like that. Uh-huh. And so he did this one TV. He did this one segment about TV shows from the 90s and he had to put them in order now they didn't give him a whole lot of tv shows and stuff but they gave him let me see if i can remember er sabrina king of queens and behind the music oh wow he got every soul <laughs> listen he started off with er sabrina and king of queens and he had to put those three in order and they came like really close together in order. And my husband's like, oh no, man, I think he got it wrong. I think he got it wrong. I was like, no, nah, he got it right. He good. He's good. And he was like, how do you know that? I'm like, I just know, trust me. And of course he got all three of them right. And then they threw in the behind the music and he had to figure out where it fit in in between those three to be able to win the car and win the trip. And sure enough, he like slid the behind the music, which came out in 1997. I didn't know that. Um, but slid that right in, like in between shows. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Cause you know, again, you just, you're watching TV random show like let's make a deal or something like that and there they go talking about 90s tv like this pop culture knowledge of 90s tv got him a trip to mexico and won him a freaking car i'm jealous <laughs> right well a i'm jealous and b like behind the music needs to come back just want to throw that out there like whoever is listening can we please 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 bring her mind back. I love that show growing up, man. That's when Lisa Lefta Lopez told the story about her burning the house down and like recording contract math. <laughs> Do you Which watch Unsung? About that, I don't. Not often. They have some good ones up there. I think that's probably the closest thing if you're going to talk about like, especially some like lesser known people or whatever people that maybe yeah, didn't really get true. their get their fair due while they were most popular or whatever. Yeah, Unsung is really good. I think it's probably the closest thing that we've got to to that. I just, I don't know. I just I want people to do those. I saw an episode on Soul Faster, and uh-huh. there was one for an old R&B group, like black singing R&B group, and I can't remember. But, I mean, I'm pro- they probably got all of them. It might have been like 702 or I, I, it might have been SWV. It was probably I, SWV. I, um, Ooh, so they yeah, were messy. I need to check out more often. They were messy, messy, messy. And I was right there in front of the TV, drinking my wine and looking at that mess that happened messy? 20 years ago. In the 90s. Let's, let's, that's a short list. Like, who wasn't messy in the 90s? Girl, everybody was messy in the 90s. Absolute mess. I love it, though. And I do. I love that show. But they definitely need to bring back, bring back Behind the Music. I can see that coming back. I mean, there's nothing but a bunch of love and hip-hop and basketball wives on VH1 now. They can bring back Behind the Music. What happened to I Love the 90s? Like, remember they used to do those shows? Oh, those shows were so Yeah, much like fun. I Love the 80s and I Love the 90s. A pop-up video. Pop-up video. Okay, pop-up <laughs> video is like, if Christina's <laughs> making a list of shows that she wants to come back, 
pop-up video is also on the list of those things. I artists that I didn't even care about or like know the songs to. I was watching their videos because pop-up video was giving me all sorts of trivia about the music video and about what was going on at the time and random trivia about people that were in the music video. Like that show was a genius and be awesome. Like, can we just who do I have to talk to about bringing pop-up video back? Like someone tweet me a I'll host. I don't think they had a host. They didn't have a host. Um, so you're, you're trying to create a host position? you just going to, you want to be your voice reading the bubbles? I'm all about <laughs> securing the bag, Taisha. All about securing the bag. So. Listen, if you wanted to host anything and you wanted to have some pop-up video stuff going on, it could have been in Drake's new video where he brought back all like the Degrassi people and stuff like that in his new video. Uh-huh. Like, get your voice over top of that. Just giving people all the background and the info and everything about. Were you? Did you watch Degrassi? I did not. Hold on one second. What was that? I was a drama dad. Oh, you're fine. I actually did not watch Degrassi. Like, I didn't honestly know that Degrassi was a thing until Drake became a thing. Really? I know. That sounds, yeah. It's never really a show that I watched. I don't even. I honestly couldn't tell you what that work is on. Oh my god, it came on the end. I love Degrassi. And when I saw the video... What is it? Is it supposed to be a Nickelodeon offshoot? Because all I know is Nickelodeon and Nicktoons. And I'd probably say the end is about child when I tapped out. It was crazy though, because I didn't even realize that it happened. Like, people were apparently up and watching it and tweeting about it. Like, mid... like. Two, three o'clock in the morning, like Eastern time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I woke up the next morning and, you know, I saw what everybody was talking about Degrassi, Degrassi, Degrassi. I'm like, what, what the heck? Like, what happened or whatever? And then I watched the video and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And it was just, it was so happy. And I loved it because there had been so much negativity and so much thing, so many things weighing down the timeline and stuff. And so to see people get that joy from out of the video and for you know Drake to do something like that for people that you know listen to his music or for people that just were a fan of the show or whatever like it was it was so great and you know I'm thinking about it and with us starting a podcast I'm like see it's stuff like that like you know it's not like a reboot or anything like that and oddly enough as much as I love all things that give you the nostalgia feels and stuff like that I am not a big reboot person it depends on the reboots. Right. They're not done well most of the time. I mean, some stuff, you just got to let it go. Like, yeah, this is very true. Let it, stay, uh, let it stay in the 90s, 80s, wherever it came from. Let it go. Don't reboot it. it it's all good. But, you know, you could do things like that that kind of pay, hum- pay homage back to the past. And I just, I love that video so much. And I love the joy that it brought to everybody that were Degrassi fans. Like, people tweeted about it and we're talking about it and they were debating which era of the show was the best era and i just like seeing fun spirited debates like that they were all about it all over the timeline mm-hmm. like and it's so much fun to watch those things because you know twitter and facebook weren't really a thing until i was in college right so or we were in college so like when degrassi came out you know there wasn't a twitter or facebook or anything like that where like you could talk about how you would watch that show with somebody, you know, us being over here on the East Coast. You can talk to somebody in California about that. Um, you know, so the community that social media has brought is pretty awesome, especially when things like, you know, this video comes out. Or, you know, we were reminiscing over Mulan's 20th anniversary today, you know. I got to talk to so many people about how much, how that movie impacted them and how much right. they loved it, you know. That wouldn't have happened then, but I'm glad that, when things do come back, we have an avenue to talk about it. It's like sitting in a lunchroom with 
the entire world as opposed to just the people that go to school with you. Right. Um, it's pretty awesome. I remember that, those lunchroom days. You know, it's funny because I, um, I just did an article not too long ago with the Billfold. And I talked about lunch and my relationship with lunch over the years and stuff. And one of the best memories I had was in high school. And we were just, we were the lunch table crew. Like it was a whole crew of us that just sat together at lunch and we talked about, you know, who was the best rapper alive then. And we talked about music and we talked about TV and we talked about everything. But that was, that was our Twitter. That was our Facebook back then or whatever. Like that was the place that we congregated together and we talked about things over, you know, terrible food uh to, to be honest or whatever but it just gave me such good memories of what it was like to be in school back then and you know that was before people were on their cell phones um before cell phones really were a thing like. right yeah you know i mean people weren't so distracted about other things and we just sat down and just had conversations and we was you know we was doing the grinding beat on the you know on the table and stuff like that like just tripping out wilding out having you know having a whole bunch of fun or whatever but you know i'm so glad that drake and I, I like drake personally or whatever and i'm so glad that he did that and just kind of brought that joy and, and gave a little bit of that throwback vibe and everything so what we're gonna do is gonna go on over to our main topic for today took us a little while to get there but we're here we want to talk a little bit about summer um the main reason that we wanted to start the nostalgia mixtape on june 21st was because it's the first day of summer and I think when you're talking about things that really bring you that nostalgic feel and vibe and everything, I mean, there's nothing more nostalgic than summertime, getting out of school, having a couple of months out where you don't have to worry about homework and, and responsibility and having to really wake up early and everything. And you could just go and hang out and play. And you just felt like you had that, that area of freedom and stuff, things that we don't really get to have now as adults, because you're you're working, you're adulting throughout the year. There is no break unless you're on vacation and you don't get a two month vacation over the summer unless you're a teacher. It's the one thing that I miss <laughs> about being in school is having yeah. that. Shout out to the teachers because they definitely get nothing. it, but they don't get paid, you know, which is the sucky thing. But yeah, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, it's, you know, nostalgic, thing, nostalgic things, it's definitely summer and those, you know, those summer vibes and everything. And it's so many things that, so many memories and so many things that were fun and those memories that you just hold on to for the rest of your life because you're just like wow it seems like it was forever ago but then when you think about it it really feels like it was just yesterday you know yeah and it's... i don't really think you could talk about summer without talking about will smith dj jazzy jeff summertime it's the greatest you summer song the of all time. you're just like oh okay i am instantly transported back to summer of insert year here and you just feel good. Like, it's just one of those songs that is instantly attached to a feeling. And you're just like, I feel awesome. I feel like I can take over the world. And where's the cookout? Like, where's the food? Right. <laughs> um, I mean, everything about this song to me was just perfect. It came out in 91. So, I mean, we were pretty young then or whatever. Only, you know, a few years old and stuff like that. But I remember hearing it, like, at cookouts growing up. And it was something that really transcended generations because like uh -huh. it's crazy because my mom was asking me about the podcast this morning you know we're talking because we talk almost every morning when she's on her way to work and uh -huh. you know i told her that we would be mentioning the song on the podcast and she was like oh man i remember when that came out and she was like you guys were little and they used to play it at a cookout and you guys would be running around playing and we'd be dancing and you know i had that same memory but from right. a child's perspective of running around playing with my friends and I don't know. There, there's so many good songs that come out every single year, but there are very few that are just 
classic that can transcend time. That generations, just, right. literally. Generations. It's, it's a timeless song. The the lyrics, the video, the, you know, sample that they used or whatever. I mean, just... The, the video looks like they literally just said, hey guys, we're having a cookout. Everybody come out. Right. And then half the city showed up. And that's it. And it made it absolutely perfect because it fit the song. It fit right. the vibe of the song. It fit, like, where the song was supposed to take you. And now, like, a cook, a summer cookout and that song are absolutely synonymous. Like, you cannot picture one without the other. Um, right. But, you know, the crazy thing about the song itself is with Will being born in the 70s, I believe, is mm -hmm. that it's... It was a nostalgia thing for him back then. So he's in the early 90s looking back on his childhood and his formative years, you know, presumably in yeah. the 80s, growing up and everything in Philly or whatever. So it's like nostalgia on top of nostalgia because now we look back. But really, the whole song for him was just an entire concept of nostalgia within itself. It's a nostalgia inception. Uh -huh. <laughs> I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. I knew it was coming. It's like a whole box of it's a whole box of nostalgia going on or whatever. But you know, and even down to the like I said, the sample that he used because he sampled "Summer Madness" by Cool in the Game. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a group that he would have been listening to, growing up as a you know growing up as a kid or whatever. I mean, his flow on the song is crazy. You know, there was actually a rumor going around one time that Rakim had wrote the song for him because Will didn't flow like that before no, summertime like if you really think about it he really changed up his flow he was like you know it was real smooth and he definitely had a rakim sounding sound to him so if you never thought about that before go back and listen to summertime is you know of course on spotify all those streaming services and stuff like that and think about how much he sounds like rakim head tilt never even thought about that right but i mean but it wasn't until i heard that rumor that i thought about too. it it's very chill it's very mellow it's very groovy it's very you know non-aggressive it's just I'm chilling. I'm rapping a little bit. We're just going, you know, groove to the beat of the song and, you know, have fun with it. Like, it, it's a fun record. Like, top 10 songs that I wish I wrote. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs a DJ Jazzy Joe. He's amazing. Squad goals, for real, man. Like, the two of them were unstoppable. He does not get enough credit for really the contributions doesn't. and stuff that he made to hip hop and even the things that he's doing now. I mean, he's still traveling the world and doing still absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. DJ says, go to YouTube, Google DJ Jazzy Jeff and just listen to, I mean, the things he's doing, he's got crowds that are, you know, even the generation behind us, younger people that are in college now rocking to his mixes and everything like that. And he's doing it with the old school way with actual turntables, like a DJ supposed to do. Not with an iPad or any of that stuff or whatever. He's doing it like you're supposed to really do the DJ thing. So I Keep love DJ. in the background. <laughs> you know, just, and I, it's no shade to any of the newer DJs or anything like that. But I just, I love that because that right. was the, that's the original art form. That's how it was. And of course, things change. Technology has definitely had an impact on it. And I'm sure he's, you know, using some new technology to a certain degree or whatever. But scratching and DJing was an art form. It was. And, like, you know, ooh. he's a pioneer in that. And like I said, he just definitely doesn't get as much respect as he should be for the immense talent that he has while he was doing that and the contributions that he made to the group. I mean, of course, Will is the person that we know and we love and everything now. You know, mm -hmm. he, the, he, the, he the fresh king of Instagram or whatever, but... He... <laughs> <laughs> I 
love his Instagram. If you don't follow Will Smith on Instagram or didn't know that Will Smith was on Instagram, like hit the little home button on your iPhone, go to Instagram and go follow Will Smith. Like he is a treasure and a masterclass in social media because he's just, he's just living his best life, his rich, yes, super best life with all the black boy joy and when I need a little ray of sunshine, what I do with my day is I go to Will Smith's Instagram and just watch him dancing around in Belize or wherever he is and just having a dab of time because he just, he just looks happy. He just radiates joy and you need that type of sunshine in your life. So go follow Will Smith on Instagram. Do yourself a favor. Take a tip from uh, me. I'm nobody, but take that tip. Go follow Will Smith on Instagram if you don't already because you're, you're going to be happy you did, I promise. You're not nobody. You are one half of our podcast. And you're my friend. Cool. So you are somebody. Well, yeah, but see, like, everybody knows you. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> Everyone does not know me. I'm not famous. Okay, no, no, I want to be famous. I don't know about that. Fame is weird. But either way, yeah, so definitely go follow Will Smith on Instagram. That's kind of how the, that's kind of how I got back on Instagram. Like, I've had it for a couple of years, and I would lurk every now and then to just kind of watch and see what other people was doing, but I really wouldn't post anything. But really, mm-hmm. once he got on the Instagram and I started following him and just kind of keeping up with this stuff, it kind of encouraged me to kind of get back into the fold. I've been posting a little bit more, trying to be a little bit more involved and stuff, but I, I love his life, man. I mean, Will Smith was one of like the first people that I had a, had a crush on, and I don't think that'll ever go away. He's just, he's one of my faves all around. He is the poster child for summer good feels he is like summertime madness and summertime fun and all that jazz and will smith go hand in hand like i he's just the greatest he's the goat he really is the goat like he deserves all the accolades and all the money and all the fame and all the love and all those things because he's just he's that guy like and he's changed a lot he's definitely grown up you know he's done you know awesome movies and done you know more music and all that jazz but like it's almost like he hasn't changed at the same time like he's still funny goofy ridiculous makes you laugh until your stomach hurts like he's still that same guy uh, he's goals him and Jada are goals him yes. and his kids are goals like they're just all goals man and I love how close he is with the Fresh Prince cast too not the, not the original Aunt Viv because she I don't know what she's doing <laughs> Justice for dark skin ain't Viv, man. Bro, she is super mad. Like she is. She is big mad. <laughs> she is big mad about some stuff that that went down twenty something years. Sis, I'm gonna need you to just <laughs> let it go. Maybe we need to edit this out, but I just I just need her to let it go. <laughs> just let it go, please. Don't talk about her, Viv. Man, she gonna get you. She know she be having those filters on her videos and stuff. She gonna do one of the pixelated <laughs> filter videos. <laughs> And be like, and another thing, don't you ever come for the black tris, Janet <sighs> Hubert again. Make it stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, for making you <laughs> listen to our ridiculous fits of giggles, but this is how we talk on the phone. <laughs> it's the black tris thing that just gets me. Oh my God, if Jada ever has her on the red talk table, I'm just going to no. die. Because she's going to get up there and she literally shake the damn table. <laughs> Jada, don't do it. Just don't. Cause don't she she be giving Jada the business to it. I don't even I don't even know why. 
but the rest of the class is close and they get together and do things all the time. And I just, I love that so much because a lot of times, you know, especially with, with James Avery being gone and everything, I love that they have such a close, <laughs> such a close relationship. It is, it's, it's amazing. So, you know, we talked about Will Smith's summertime and everything like that. What, what other music and stuff kind of reminds you of summer? Um, music. Uh, I was a huge fan of like all the nineties pop artists. Um, like I said, like twice already, I'm the world's hugest Bastard Boys fan, but like listening to Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera's of the world mm -hmm. and the Mandy Moore's and 98 degrees. Like that was my thing. Like if, if I wasn't playing a video game or watching movies on TV, like I was in my room with my tape player listening to like a rotation. See, I thought I was like hot stuff because I had like a six CD disc changer radio in my room at one point. And Me so too. You know, I, put, I would put like three Backstreet Boys CDs in there and then like Britney Spears' first album and Christina Aguilera's first album and like insert extra artists here and just listen to them all day. I had Britney Spears' first album on cassette tape. I think. I don't know why, so, but I did. I mean, a, I know like CDs were around, but I had like cassette cassettes. Um, but yeah, I was listening to them all day, and I would be one of those people, like, I would take a VHS tape, because, you know, VHS tapes were a thing when we were growing up. And, like, if I was watching TRL or just random music video show, like, I would go and take their music videos, because I, like I said, I grew up dancing. So, like, I would put the tape in and record their music videos and then play them back 50-11 times so I could learn the choreography. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I would do. So, like, you know, all of Britney's songs from, like, their late 90s and stuff like that, I know all the choreography, too. All Christina Aguilera stuff, come on over. Um, you know, all of her songs, all the Backstreet Boys songs. I can do the dance moves to everybody and the dance moves to Larger Than Life. And, like, Janet Jackson was still a big deal back then, too. So all of her videos, like, if, like... Play the breakdown to if. Yes. And if I don't start dancing, then you need to take me to the hospital because something is very wrong with me. Um, like, that was my thing growing up, is just watching everybody do the dance moves and stuff like that. Don't do, like, a behind-the-video thing where I could actually see y'all doing the full choreography without it being edited because I watched that, too, and learned all of the choreography and dancing in my living room. And anytime the song came on, like, I could tell you exactly which part of the music video was playing at the time. In that particular song, uh, "Oops, I Did It Again," know the choreography, like all of those things. So Christina will be summer. starting a YouTube video. Well, she'll be doing all the choreography of all of your wonderful '90s hits. She's gonna be doing the "Oops, Oops, I Did It Again." She's gonna be doing all the Aaliyah videos, all of it. Just her, her by too. herself. <laughs> her too. Like that was my thing. And if like I wasn't doing that, you know, my favorite thing to do during summer, I was kind of a house a homebody. Um, I was a bit of a nerd growing up, so I wasn't, and I don't like being outside. So I'm not going outside to play sports or anything like that. You can find me in the house. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite thing to do is like watch all the judge shows. Cause you know, there's like that three or four hour block where it's like judge Judy and judge Mathis and you know, the people's court and divorce court. And I would just watch all of them like in rapid succession. Like I was watching, you know, judge Mathis when he originally started calling people crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> like, I saw that. I remember that. And like even the talk shows. I know I shouldn't have been watching it, but I was watching the Jerry Springer show, which I heard just went off the air. Right. Um, I was watching Ricky Lake. I was watching like The View. 
back when um, Lisa Ling was on the show. Lisa uh-huh. Ling has always been my favorite member of the View cast, and I need her to come back because the show is trash now. Um, you know, watching all of those shows and Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones and Maury with all of his paternity tests. Oh and... my God, Jenny Jones. I forgot about Jenny Jones. <laughs> yes. Sally Rushfield. don't exist anymore, man. <laughs> I glasses. want Ricky Lake to come back. I want Jenny Jones to come back. Oh, you remember Sally Jesse Raphael? Yeah, I just like, said that with her glasses. Shows. <laughs> so you was the oldest young person ever. Basically, you was just watching all the old people shows. Yes, I was watching all the old people shows. And like, so here's the other thing. Speaking of like watching all the old people shows. So when I was growing up, especially like in middle school, um, my mom, when she would be getting ready to work, she would be watching TV and she'd be watching TV land because that became a thing back then when they would show like all the old shows from the 50s and 60s. Yes. So I'd be watching like MASH while getting dressed to go to class or like um, I Do with Jeannie or... Uh, like any of those old shows. It's probably how I got into the Golden Girls too, but like mm-hmm. MASH and like the original ER and St. Elsewhere, which was the ER before ER. Right. And just, all, I was the old person. <laughs> like, <laughs> I told you I didn't leave the house. So I'd be watching, like that's when I fell in love with I Love Lucy is watching like those old TV shows getting up. Um, Cause they would change them every couple of years. Like at one point it was MASH mm-hmm. and then it was, um, Bewitched, which was another great show. Like I used to try to wiggle my nose like her and could never do it. I still can't do it to this day. Um, I wish more of those shows were on streaming services. Like I know Golden yes. Girls is on Hulu, and I know, um, like I Love Lucy. If you have the CBS act, all access mm-hmm. app, because I have it just for Star Trek Discovery. Um, but they uh-huh. also have all the episodes of I Love Lucy up there. So you got a couple of them that are out there, but I wish they had like Mary Tyler Moore and a whole bunch of those shows that I used to watch. Like I Dream of Jeannie, Mary Tyler Moore, put all of those shows like that because that's what my grandma used to watch. Um, And my mom, my dad was a truck driver and my mom worked in the prison system and she used to do 12 hour shifts. Um, She actually Uh still works for the Department of Corrections. And so I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house and the rare moments that I was inside, those were the kind of things that were on TV. That and the stories. Just all the stories. I, See, I never got them. into the stories. Just, like nobody in my family was really into them. Everybody's stories was on my grandma TV. Victor Newman stories, God and Light stories, everybody's uh-huh. stories. I don't, I, I don't understand. Like my brain cannot comprehend so far. Like I just don't understand the appeal. Like how does somebody write for a soap opera? Like it's a show that comes on five days a week. Like. What? <laughs> a soap opera is a job. Like, if you could get up there and stay up there, you talking about some security right there. Like, Victor, the, the dude that plays Victor Newman, um, he was supposed to be, like, a recurring character on The Young and the mm-hmm. Restless. And I think he was only supposed to be on for, like, a few weeks or something. He's been playing that character since 1980. This dude is still on TV. He's been playing that character longer than we've been alive. Like That's just, that's, that's just ridiculous. But, <laughs> but, but get hell? that check, bro. Get that check. <laughs> Victor Newman is getting, I think his real name is Eric Braden. Eric Braden is getting his, getting all his money. But yeah, that's, that's what was on TV, you know, when I was watching it. But I really didn't spend a lot of time indoors. Um, my hometown is Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. And it's a small town right off of Interstate 95. Everything that you really want to see in the town is right there off of Interstate 95. Like when you come off to get gas, all the food places and stuff that are there, that's it. Ain't nothing mm-hmm. else there. It's just, it's just us hanging out. And we spent so much time outside and playing around and stuff um so i remember 
I guess my favorite summer memories were I had two cousins that I was really close to and the three of us grew, grew up together and we were just we were called the musketeers and so I'm the oldest one out of the two of us okay. and then I have one that's two years younger than me and one that's three years younger than me and mm-hmm. I was just the ringleader of all the bad decisions and everything I know can't believe of course it you were. how I mean who would think that I would make a bad decision or that I would lead people down the wrong path can't imagine that but we used to ride bikes. Um, we used to ride a go kart until we destroyed it, <laughs> and I burned myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, so we spent a lot of time outside. We were we would be outside all day long. It could be a hundred degrees outside. Like my grandma would put us outside, and she's like, and it was my um, when I was really young, my paternal grandma before she passed away. She'd be like, you know, y'all need to be outside. Y'all kids go play, drink out the water hose. I don't want to see y'all back in my house till the street lights come on or until your mom and daddy come and pick you up. So we were outside all day. We were um, doing I double so dutch. And this is not we were, my experience because no. I do not like heat. <laughs> but it was, you know, it's like I didn't even realize that it was hot back then because we were just outside right. having so much fun. We were riding bikes. We were on the go-kart. We were doing double dutch and we were playing hopscotch and we were making up games. And she lived right next door to a... Um, to like this big huge field so we used to get out there and you know get out there in the field and do a whole bunch of stuff or whatever and mm-hmm. the lady across the street we could go into you know we knew all my grandma's neighbors and we could go into her house and she had uh ices and everything like that for us so we would mm-hmm. go in there and you know you knew people and you could trust them and stuff because it was a, you know again a small town you know kind of that small town feeling where you knew people um, so we would go in and get ices from her and we'd be all up and down the street nobody knew where the heck we were or what we were you know what we were doing or anything and yeah. um We'd be outside late at night, like right around dusk, and we would catch the fireflies in jars. I've done that before. That's so much fun. It is, you know, and then we call them lightning bugs because um, we're country. So we would right. catch the we catch the lightning bugs in the in the jars and, and everything, and you know, keep them and just look at them glowing in the light and stuff. And it's like little, little tiny small things like that. Us just mm-hmm. running around in her yard, and it, it's so strange now when I go back as an adult, and I take my kids up there. We went. Uh, Last year, I remember specifically my my uncle had passed away, one of my dad's brothers, and um, I'm really close to my dad's side of the family and all of his brothers and sisters. So it was it was definitely devastating to lose him. It's almost been a year um, to the day, uh-huh. and so we were out there. My kids were out there playing in the yard, and there was trampoline there, and they're running around. They're on bikes, you know. They had jump ropes out there and stuff. And I'm looking at my daughters, and I just saw myself. Mm-hmm. Like, that you know, as, an as a kid and you know, I say my kids, you know, climb the same tree that I climbed as a kid and they, you know, took some cherries off of a tree that, <laughs> you know, that we used to pick cherries off of that my Aww. grandmother had in her front yard. So it, it's so it's so cool and interesting having kids because I feel like all those experiences are so just kind of come back around. They go around in a mm-hmm. circle, you know, so I'm kind of getting a chance to relive some of those those things and those memories and stuff but yeah that was me i spent a lot of time outside we had super sucker soakers and we had skip now, it. super soaker <laughs> will get me out of the house one i love water you could Two, kill somebody with them things though you really could <laughs> that water was coming out hot like and i don't mean literally hot i mean forcefully hot like. oh my god like you'd have bruises from getting too close to one the good old days. I really wish. Do they still make those things? 
Because now I want one. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they do, but they probably shouldn't. They shouldn't have been making them then, because we almost killed each other with those. <laughs> or a Nerf gun. Like, we'd be, we'd be some shooters, man, yes. with a Nerf gun. <laughs> oh, my God. The Nerf guns, the crossfire. Like, <laughs> that commercial was on TV between every single show multiple times for just mm-hmm. no reason. It was like it was every <laughs> studio's destiny to help them sell crossfires. Crossfire! <laughs> Why do people love crossfire so much? And I, and I just had to have it. <laughs> we used to sing the song when it come on and the kid at the end and the commercial would be like, yeah, yeah, when he took his friends out. Oh my god. What is wrong with me? Look, I am not responsible <laughs> for her shenanigans. I just would like everybody to know that she is her own person and I did not put her up to that. Crossfire! <laughs> I gotta I gotta I have to find Crossfire on YouTube now. We can we gotta link that because anybody that doesn't know about the Crossfire commercial, you just did you watch TV? Honestly. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. You were probably deprived as a child. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. But you I'm know I'm actually gonna go on Amazon and look for a super soaker now, because now I want one. But you know, and it's crazy because when when you're talking about kind of the span of summertime and stuff, it's interesting how it changed as you grew up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking about like the, as I got older and I was able to really start riding a lot of rides at amusement parks and stuff like that, my dad used to take us to Kings Dominion, um, which is an amusement park that's located in Doswell, Virginia. And it's mm-hmm. about two hours away from my hometown. And my parents are divorced. Um, I really didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time with my dad because, like I said, he was a truck driver. And he drove long distance most of the time. So the summertime was really a time where we could get together and he would take us up there. And we would ride the rides. And my dad was a roller coaster guy. So he would actually get on things with us and ride things with us. And we could, you know, get some food out of them and everything. Like, well, my mom took us places. She would never do that stuff because we live with her. <laughs> so she didn't feel the need to be nice to us or overcompensate <laughs> or anything like that. My dad was like, sure, you're with me. I don't see you that much. You do whatever you want. And right. we spent so much time at Kings to me. And I just remember riding everything in the park, you know, twice and just having a whole bunch of fun and, and getting dropped off at the mall. Like when my friends, my yes. mom would drop us off at the mall. And there was a, now the mall in my hometown is pretty much like defunct. There's nothing in there. Yeah. But back when I was in like middle school, the mall was popping back the in middle school. Right. Yeah, like we had a pizza place called Giovanni's um, mm-hmm. that was owned by a local Italian family. We had it was right next door to the arcade. And I don't know, we had a bunch of like, you know, really cool clothing stores and people would just like walk in there and it was actually shaped like a cross. Um, so each wing kind of had some different things. You had like the big Kmart and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we would hang out in there and they had a bunch of payphones in the middle of the mall. So my mom would always make sure I had change. And she would be like, don't spend all your change in the arcade. Cause you know, you got to call me to come pick you up. Right. Cause of course nobody had, you know, there's no cell phones or anything like that. Well, I think my mom did have a cell phone, but it was the big cell phone in the bag. I mean, <laughs> you remember the bag cell phones? Like the first cell phones that were really big. You thought people, no. my mom had, she still I has that phone. It is in a bag, like a mini bag. Why was it? You know what? No, I'm not even. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I would go to the arcade and 
God, I mean, I would play Mortal Kombat, Tekken. We do drive. They had a bunch of driving games in there. Ski ball. Mortal Kombat is another one of my favorite video games from my childhood. Did you play I it at the arcade it. or did you play it like at home or both? Because I did both. I've played it at home a lot. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't really have a local arcade, not that I can recollect, um, mm -hmm. but we played it at home a lot. Um, all I can do is mash buttons. It's very rare that like I can <laughs> bust out a combo because my fingers don't move that fast. My brother, on the other hand, like I don't understand how his brain works. Um, he can bust out all the combos and can like push all the buttons to like unlock the special characters before the start menu closes and all that other stuff. Like he's the only person that I have seen play like Guitar Hero on Expert and like be able to finish a song. That's dope. Um, I am not that person. <laughs> I you play just it press just the buttons and hoping something happens. Right. Like I would play it because it's fun and I wanted to hang out with my brother, but I would lose all the time. And I'm, I was one of those people that would get angry and throw controllers and then I wouldn't be able to play anymore because I had thrown the controller across the room. So... What gaming platforms did you have? You had Nintendo or... We were mostly a Nintendo family. So we had mm -hmm. like the classic Nintendo and then the Nintendo NES and yeah. then the Super NES and to like the GameCube and the Wii and all that stuff. Um, there was a Dreamcast at the house at one point. Yeah. Um, there was... We were never really Xbox or what's the other PS4 people. Like we never had those. Um, but I do remember us having a Dreamcast at one point because we used to play Sonic a lot. Um, but yeah, we're mostly a Nintendo family. Um, actually, it's kind of a tradition for me and my younger brother and sister mm -hmm. to play Mario Party around the holidays. So like we would get together. And like, I remember one year, like when the Wii came out, and I know this is fairly recent, but like I bought since I had a little bit of money because I was working while I was in college, like I bought them an extra controller so that we could all play instead of just having the two controllers that it comes with. Yeah. Um, and we just sat in the middle of the living room playing Mario Party for the entire day. Also stuck in Mario Party, but it was just, you know, hanging out with my little brother and sister. Well, I didn't get to see that much because they were on my dad's side of the family and they lived with my father. Um, but that was kind of our thing is playing Mario Party um, for hours and hours and hours on end. Like, you can set how many turns you want right. to, like how many turns around the room you want to do. And we always did the largest one because we just continue to play forever. Like you had to tell us to stop because it was that serious. Um, I got obsessed <laughs> with, there was a game, I had a PlayStation and, and I was definitely like a PlayStation girl or whatever when I wasn't, because I played a lot of games at the arcade. Some of them mm -hmm. I was better at than, you know, than others or whatever. There was one I played that was like a like a game with like killer clowns in it or something like that and i don't even like clowns i don't i don't know what the hell i was doing but i was i was shooting I was killer like, clowns like and stuff clowns. but there was a there was a game on uh playstation that i used to play at home and it was a snowboarding game called cool borders and i think it okay. was maybe cool borders was it two three I'm trying to think about when all of that stuff it might have been two i think but i got absolutely obsessed with that game i think it came out whichever edition of cool borders it was and i'm pretty sure somebody out there that's a gamer will be able to correct me please do because i can't remember which one it is um but it came out around 98 99 mm -hmm. and it had no it had to be 99 because that was when tlc's fan mail album came out and so i listened to fan mail Such a great album. and i played cool borders and i did that for like a solid three three or four months straight that that is all i wanted to do when i got home it's just like do that and 
that was what I would do. I think whatever summer that was, it was like the following year of that summer, I was still playing that game. Cause I feel like it came out like during the fall or mm-hmm. like the winter time or something. And that following summer, I was still, I stayed hardcore in that game for like probably a solid year and a half. So that following summer, I was just like playing that game and listening to like TLC's fan mail the whole entire time. I was absolutely obsessed with that game or whatever. Um, is there a way to like beat the game or was it like one of those kind of like never ending things like Tetris where you just kind of stop playing for a while? I mean, like... you, you competed in like different championships and stuff like that or whatever. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause if you think about like the Olympics, like the winter Olympics or something like that. So you could like place in different things. You could update your boards and stuff. It's kind of like a card game now, like Forza okay. or something like that, where you don't necessarily beat the game per se, but you participate in different things. You can upgrade your car, you know, add different gotcha, additions gotcha. to it and stuff. So you could always get like a, you know, a switched out snowboard. You can learn how to go on different, uh, different levels or whatever. So you got like a, you know, beginner level, expert level, you know, medium. And I was like, I had made it like all the way up to expert level. I was actually really good at it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I probably suck now, but that's okay. Yeah, she's a much better gamer <laughs> than I am, apparently, guys. No, I mean... That was one of the ones that I really kind of gravitated towards. But like I said, the arcade games, it wasn't so much about being good. It was just about spending time with my friends. Right. And and hanging out with them. And we could stay there. Like, my mom would drop me off on the days that she could. Um, but a lot of times she worked 12-hour shifts. So my grandma would mm-hmm. drop me off sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she just leave me there all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just make sure you don't spend all your change. Because you know you got to go to the pay phones in the middle of the mall and call somebody mama grandma somebody and you just make the phone call, phone call real short i'm ready to come pick me up bye so that way you can hang up real quick because you only got you only got for so much time on those things. i don't even remember the last time i saw a payphone. like i know they still exist in some corners of the world but i don't even remember the last time i saw one i saw one last week really there is a you know the restaurant that we went to when you came here with where you got the red velvet pancakes from Tommy's? Yes. Can we go back there the next time I come up? Yes. They have okay, a payphone inside the really? restaurant. Yes. And wow. I, you know, I've been there so many times and I never noticed it until the last time that we went. It's actually like way back in the hallway, like back where the bathrooms are. Okay. And it's a functional payphone. Hmm. I saw someone use it. And my kids were like, What's that? What are they doing? <laughs> Genesis, my oldest, who's eight, actually. She said, uh, so what's the point of a phone if you can't take it with you? I'm like, like, you know what? First of all, Genesis would say that. What what you're not going to do is make me feel old. Second of all, they didn't have the technology there, ma'am. A phone was a phone back then. It had a cord. You had to keep it in the house. You couldn't take the phone with you. It used to be attached to the wall. Right. Like, you can't take the phone with you all the time. Because they sent her home a homework assignment and it was like new old it was like new old type stuff or whatever and so of course in the mm-hmm. old category they had like a picture of a payphone mm-hmm. and they had a picture of a house phone and stuff like that and so she's like you know what's up with these some of these phones what do they do and i'm like call people <laughs> i mean what you wanted to do <laughs> it's not it's not a tablet ma'am like stop it my grandmother for the longest for a while uh, my paternal grandmother that lives in wilmington uh, for the longest time she still had a rotary phone you know the ones where you got the press a number and then spin it around the wheel wait for the wheel to come back for you right. to hit the next number oh my god she had it for so long it used to take forever to dial a number because you were just waiting on the thing to spin back around. that idea was that that idea was awful just just awful like i'm so glad that those things like don't really 
exist. Like, you can get one as, like, a novelty item or whatnot, but they were a pain. <laughs> Oh my god. Was that her main phone? The rotary phone? What was that? That was her only like main phone, right? The rotary phone. For a while. Um she's got more now and it's the one that she's got on the wall in the kitchen is a touchstone phone now. But yeah, it that thing was kicking for a good long time. Oh my goodness. Pay phones. That's a that's a whole memory right there in itself. Yeah, because I had to make sure I held on to it. Like I would put that change in a separate pocket. Just mm-hmm. to make sure that I didn't spend it so that way I could make sure I got the phone call. Because otherwise, my grandma, she didn't live too far from the mall. But like it was far enough where you didn't really want to walk. And basically, if I didn't have the money to be able to call her, I would have to buck it up and walk. Um, which, again, that's something like I couldn't imagine doing that with my kids now being like, dog, if you don't call me, you just got to walk home. Like That's a mistake you probably only made once. Like, never again. Yeah, no, I did that one time, and it, it was not all that great. And we used to be in there, and so outside of the arcade and um, eating pizza and stuff, we would get, like, the big, because they did the big New York-style pizza in, in there, the Italian family that ran the restaurant. But outside mm-hmm. of doing outside of doing all of that, we used to do a whole bunch of shopping and stuff, too. And I found a picture of me and some of my friends from sixth grade and I had on a plaid shirt and I had on a choker and I had butterfly clips in my hair. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I'm just like, I mean, all you got to do, I could look at that picture instantly and be like, yes, this is, this is peak nineties. Like all of us looked super nineties in this picture from the sneakers. Like, (laughs) and I found it in a group with other pictures and Uh there were some other girls I went and they had on like jelly sandals like the platform sandals like they were like the sandals that actually have the the thing between your toe but they were platform wow and i'm like but why because we could (laughs) because we could and we didn't even bother thinking if we should (laughs) you can buy jelly sandals at forever 21 right now in 2018 because people apparently want sweaty dirty funky feet (laughs) Do you remember those Melissa shoes that everybody used to wear? They used to wear them a lot in middle school. They were like sneakers, but they were see-through. And like people would wear socks with them, so they would like get cloudy because it's hot and you're sweating in them because your shoes are made of plastic and you can see through them. Like, why are you wearing those? The worst idea. Listen, I never wore jellies. Like I wore them when I was a kid because I didn't have a choice. My mom put them in me. But once I started making conscious choices about the things that I wanted to wear... I'm not wearing no shoes where my feet are just in there roasting and perspiring and you could just see sweat droplets inside of my plastic shoes. Like, but why would I, why would you do that? It's disgusting. <laughs> I question so many of our decisions from when we were growing up. Like, just, just why? Why are we doing this? Somebody should have told us to stop. Yeah, and the, the crazy thing is, like, with pictures like that, even though they were really 90s and I was dressed really 90s and a lot of those things and stuff I I don't know I never really thought of myself as somebody that was like trendy or fashion forward like I wore a lot of the things of the time just because that's what was available and what was out there but I definitely wasn't trendy like I've always been pretty techy um uh yeah same I like anything that the majority of the people that I went to school with had typically I didn't like when Zaconis wore a thing 
I didn't have any when Thames were a thing. I didn't have any when Air Force Ones were like a big deal. Like that was not something I was wearing one because I'm, I was a nerd and I got picked on a lot. And so I was just mm -hmm. very anti everything. So like if you had it, I made it a point to not have it. Like I didn't get like my first pair of Thames until I was in high school, probably like my senior year of high school because we needed them for the set team and everybody else bought like cheap knockoff Tim's wow and like my mom like bought the real ones and I was just kind of like well this is kind of pointless because I'm not going to wear these shoes outside of being on set team but okay um and eventually I just ruined them because I did not know how to take care of them right um but I was just I was anti every single thing <laughs> like the only time where I was like super impeccably dressed was when I would go to my dad's house again with the family um I would go to my dad's house and like my stepmother would buy me outfits for Christmas and then I would come back and everybody would be like, oh, you look great. And then, like, would not talk to me a week later. <laughs> Anti all of the things. Okay, so, I mean, so if you could have, and not really to, like, categorize yourself or anything. So if you could kind of, mm -hmm. like, put yourself into a category, like, let's say middle school, high school years, since you were kind of off of the trend bucket, what would you say did you, like, lean to a, towards more of, like, a goth style? Or was it just, like, plain and simple with, like, T-shirts, jeans, sneakers? Or what was your vibe? I was pretty much like a tomboy and keep kept it very simple. I was always, you could always catch me in something that was probably two sizes too big. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time. It wasn't like I was wearing hand-me-downs. I just was always like buying the shirt that was like an extra large when I really needed a medium. Um, I was heavily into graphic tees at the time. Um, like, that's what you could find me in. Jeans, t-shirts, and sneakers. Like, I wasn't trying to dress up. I would just kind of throw my hair into a ponytail and, like, go in the morning. Like, I just was not, I didn't care about how I looked. Like, people picked on me because of all sorts of things and whatever. But, like, I didn't care. I was there to learn, technically. Right. But I really just didn't want to be there. Just kind of over it. <laughs> like, just generally over any and everything. Um extracurricular activities were where I shine. So, like, if I was on set team, mm -hmm. I was all about being on set team. Like, everything, the rest of my day in school learning things didn't matter. Oh, we're having set team practice today? I am 150% invested in it. Um, I was on the dance team for a few years, so I was 150% invested in that. And, like, when we did shows, I would dress up and do my hair and be all cute and everything for shows. Mm -hmm. But if you weren't doing a show... I do not care. <laughs> Did not care about anybody's opinions because people didn't like me anyway. Like I had my little group of friends and that was it. Like if you weren't in the circle, then I just didn't care. Like or singing. Singing was my thing. That's why I want to grill you about this whole Glee Club thing because I like oh, was in chorus and all that jazz <laughs> all through middle school and high school and say in elementary school and all that jazz. So like I have all the questions. Um, I was very into the arts. So, like I said, dancing, stepping, singing, all of that is where I excelled. Mm -hmm. Every, or in math classes, math classes were also my, my thing. Um, but I just didn't care. <laughs> Did not care about anything. School was easy to me. Um, and I'm one of those people where, like, once I'm kind of over something, I'm just kind of over it. Right. And leave me alone about everything else. Um, and so I was just over school and didn't care. Um, unless I was on stage or performing somewhere. So you, you were just you were just chilling during the summertime. You were rocking your baggy shirts and mm -hmm. hanging out and 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 doing your doing your own thing. Yeah, I don't Pretty know. Much. I guess I 
I don't know, I kind of was on this weird cusp of things when it came to fashion because I don't know if I was necessarily popular or not. Like I had all the makings of what a popular person probably should have been mm -hmm. um, because I was I was on cheerleading squad and I was in a bunch of different clubs and everything like that. But and I had my own set of friends um, and they tended to be people outside of those circles. So like there was really only one other cheerleader that I hung out close with. Um, but okay. then again, I went to a predominantly white um, middle school and high school. And mm -hmm. when I made the cheerleading squad in middle school, it was me and one other black girl. And um, we became, you know, kind of close friends by default, you know, doing okay. that or whatever. So we spent a lot of, you know, a lot of time together and stuff. And she, you know, kind of had all the things that I wish I had. Like she had, you know, two parent household and she got all the things she wanted and, you know, and, and all that stuff like that. And she was, you know, trendy and she was cute. But my mom was a single mom and we just didn't really have a lot of money to go around. So I kind of had to work with yeah. the things that I had. Um, so I kind of did some trendy things or whatever, just kind of being influenced by some of the people I was around. But I, I, I like to surround myself with such a eclectic group of people. I've always been that type of person or whatever, yeah. even though I was somebody that would have been considered a part of the popular crowd. I never participated, nor did I ever tolerate mean girl mess. Um, yeah. So I was always the one to, you know, to kind of call that out and stuff. So for me, I mean, like I said, back then during the summer, like, there were a lot of things that I was probably wearing that were right on trend and everything. But I also like to throw my own things in there, even, you know, with summertime and it being like about a lot of bright colors. And, you know, back when like the baby doll dresses and stuff like that were really popular or whatever. Mm -hmm. Once I started kind of incorporating a little bit of makeup into my repertoire and I was never really all that great at it or whatever. Like I like dark lipstick and I like dark nail polish and, you know, and everything like that. So it was mm -hmm. always me kind of putting my own little twist on my, you know, own little twist on my vibe and everything. And, I was definitely a, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a skinny mini, so I was definitely a, a Daisy Duke kind of girl. Yeah, no, there was no way. I First was of all, my mom would look at me sideways, sideways if I walked out of the house with Daisy Dukes. Second of all, <laughs> I was still kind of heavy at middle school and high school, um, and just did not have the confidence to wear things like that. Like, I would wear a dress if I needed to, but, like, I'm not, typically my legs were always covered. Mm -hmm. And like I always had a baggy shirt on and like a jacket tied around my waist. Like I was not showing anything. <laughs> And see, for me, I think it was a cheerleader thing because like, yeah, I remember when I was in like middle school and high school, we had a during the summer, we always went to a cheerleading camp down in Myrtle Beach. And it usually mm -hmm. lasted about six days or something like that. And it was like the first time I had ever went anywhere away from my family for that long when I wasn't with like other family. You know, right. like I was actually traveling with the school and everything and staying for an extended amount of time. We used to go down to Virginia, you know, Virginia Beach, not Virginia Beach, excuse me, Myrtle Beach. And they would hold a conference down there. And that's where we learned like new cheers, new dance routines and stuff. And then we could take and put our own spin on it. And they did like competitions. And either way, it would be like hundreds of cheerleaders out there or whatever. And our coaches, I mean, <laughs> they were good. They were tough when it came to the cheerleading thing, but we got so much freedom down there that we probably should not have had. So we were like on the boulevard in Myrtle Beach in late nineties, early two thousands, and we were we run into some dudes with some bikes. We had on our little shorts, little cheerleading shorts, where you you, you know you got some probably about twenty percent butt cheekage hanging out. We were right around the 20% butt. Like, it wasn't full butt chickens hanging out, but it was about 20% butt chickens hanging out. Too young. <laughs> and I just think about well, like now. Like I said, like, doing the absolute most. 
doing the absolute most or whatever. But they had a teen club down there called The Attic. And we would go out to The Attic and we would party and, you know, and do all of that stuff or whatever. And, you know, again, you would see some, we were a little bit on the younger side of things as far as like preteen, teenage, but we would see some of the early, early, older girls. And we kind of got, you know, I think, looking at some of the things that they wore and kind of how they pieced some things together and stuff. And they were around the age that my sister would have been. Cause I have an older sister. She's six years older than me. I don't know. I think it kind of influenced my, it influenced my style in some ways. So there were some things that I picked up from them and things I picked up from my sister too. And I kind of followed some of the trends that she did too, especially during, um, I remember like when Tim and Missy and, and all of them were like really starting to hit it big and stuff. And that was right around the time that my sister got, you know, her driver's license and stuff. And, you know, everybody who the girls were kind of doing the baggy short things and all the stuff like that. So I kind of had a feminine style, but then kind of switched it up. And, you know, sometimes I would do the baggy shorts and like the jerseys and stuff like that too, or whatever. So I don't know. I kind of had a, now that I look back at it, my, my summer style was kind of, was, was rather eclectic, a little bit more eclectic than what I thought it was. So what about movies? Um, I remember, so one of my favorite shows to watch was the Power Rangers. Um, I loved that show. Like I would rush home to watch it every day. Um, or did it come on on Saturdays? I feel like it came on five days a week. I was a huge fan of the Power Rangers and then uh, they decided they were going to do a movie, um, which I never thought that they would do a Power Rangers movie. Um, I was kind of excited about it because I was like, how, what are we going to do from here? Um, like I have been watching the show religiously since it came out. Um, and so they were going to do the movie and I was very, very excited about it. And I'm fairly certain my mom wanted me to shut up about it. Um, cause I was just like, Oh my God, I'm super excited. Um, let's do this thing. And it came out around my birthday too. Like my birthday is the beginning of June. Yeah. It came out, um, later at that later in the month. And I was like, Oh my God, we can go see the Power Rangers movie for my birthday. It'll be great. Um, that movie was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous even when I was watching it back then, um, the big villain was this guy named Ivan Ooze. He looks like a big, he looks like Thanos, but not nearly as cool because uh, he's big and he's purple. And right. He's very, very annoying. Um, but uh, we went to go see that movie and we were the only two people in the theater watching it. <laughs> no. I, Did yes. you see it like an opening weekend? Yes. I <laughs> it was going to be like a big deal and like kind of how if you go see a Marvel movie now, like you go see a whole bunch of people and there's going to be people dressed up like Power Rangers and all this other stuff. And we were the only two people there. Um, <laughs> so that was fun, but it was also cool because it's like, Hey, we have a whole theater to ourselves. It's like we've been out a theater and there's nobody else going to be here. And, you know, had all the popcorn and all that stuff. And again, like I said, my mom worked at Toys R Us when I was growing up. So like we had all the Power Rangers toys, like all the little flip head dolls where it went from like them being just, with their helmets off to them with the helmets on yeah. and all the zords and all that stuff so like i was ready for this movie like i was 100 percent tuned in to like this movie being awesome um and i kind of felt the same way when they tried to reboot the power rangers i don't know what they're doing with that mm. um when they came out with one last year i was like oh my god it feels like you know 1998 again when i'm going excited to go see the power rangers movie um and actually surprisingly that movie the new one that came out last year wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's kind of the way I felt about the original Power Rangers movies. Like this is not, 
entirely awful, but we'll <laughs> deal with it. Um, funny story. So the so in the movie they go off to this like um this private island to get some like super special like Power Rangers training with this girl um who has these what Ivan Ooze will call these whistling sticks because they whistle when she twirls them around. Okay. Um, and the original person that was supposed to play that role is uh, Mariska Hargitay from Law and SVU. Like she was originally yeah. cast. Really? And they replaced her with somebody else. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that kind of made me sad because who doesn't love Olivia Benson? Um, but they, like I said, they recast her. Um, and it's got all the original Power Rangers. It's got the Tommy and, you know, Tommy and Kimberly, who were like, everybody wanted to be Tommy. Everybody wanted to be with Tommy, and every girl wanted to be Kimberly, like yes. me. Like, I can't stand the color pink. I never have liked that color, but like, I would be the pink Power Ranger so I could date Tommy. Like, that's all I wanted in life. <laughs> I want to um, be the yellow one. The yellow one was cool. Actually, yellow is my favorite color, and mostly it's because of the Power Rangers. Um, it was the first time they had a black girl as part of the Power Rangers because Aisha was the new yellow ranger. Right, and, yeah, after Trini. R.I.P. training. I know. Um, but yeah, like I was really, really excited for that movie and like loved it. And then like when it came out of VHS tape, I had to VHS tape and just played it out all the time. Like if I was not watching one of them old people shows, I was watching something Power Rangers related. Like, right. <laughs> loved the Power Rangers. Wanted to be one when I was growing up. I'm still, one of these days I'm going to a con and I'm going to take a picture with Jason David Frank. Like that's just... I want to meet the Marvel guys. I want to meet, you know, all these other people that I'm a huge fan of now. But, like, I can retire from going to cons as soon as I meet the Green Ranger. <laughs> so you need to meet the Green Ranger and you want to be a muse. We're just, <laughs> we are yeah. collecting a list of things that are on your, of interesting things that are on your bucket list. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what we're doing. No, you know, for me, first, Blockbuster was everything during the summertime. Like, cause again, being in a small town, like we had a movie theater and stuff, but sometimes it would take a while for us to get certain things because okay. there were only, let me think, three theaters in there. And it's still the same tiny movie theater that it was when I was growing up. It's been that way since forever. So, oh, I mean, wow. sometimes it was a little hard to get like some of the bigger movies and stuff. You would see them eventually, um, but sometimes it would just take a little bit of lag time. But so for us, Blockbuster was like the thing, like, and especially during the summer, because you could go during the school year, we would go mainly on like Friday or something like that, maybe trying to get a couple of movies to last us over the weekend. But like during the summer, we were in there all the time. And mm -hmm. it used to be popping in the Star Wars. I mean, not in the in the Blockbuster where I was at. Like, I mean, you would just go in there and we would rent, you know, old Star Wars stuff and random cartoons that we saw and you know my mom would rent a few things and stuff and we'd just spend like the whole weekend or sometimes we would spend a whole entire day if she happened to have a day off work or something like that we would spend a whole entire day just watching like blockbuster movies mm -hmm. we never rewound them and we usually turn them in late <laughs> so, so we always had to pay late fees and stuff when we go but god i love I love Blockbuster so much and I hate that it's I mean it's basically gone now like there are a few random stores left in America but there's like one in Alaska and that's still open now and I want to say it's got a Twitter page and it's kind of funny the last time I checked like the actual Blockbuster store has a Twitter page and it's the most hilarious thing that I've seen I'll have to find it and link it in the show notes because 
why does a blockbuster have a Twitter page? I bet the guy at Blockbuster who's like, we're going to pass on investing money in Netflix is kicking himself. Oh my God. Talk about the one of the worst decisions you could have ever, ever, ever made. Because Netflix is just taking over and killing it right now there i mean they're picking up series they picked up like luther they got canceled they got stranger things they've got all this great original programming it's just netflix is taking over blockbuster missed the boat on that bless them they really did bless them semi rest in peace blockbuster because you you on your way out you only got a couple (laughs) you're on your like your literal last leg like it's about to be pretty much it's about to be over for them bless them but outside of like renting movies from Blockbuster, I mean, from Blockbuster and stuff, I don't know. I mean, again, I love Will Smith. And, you know, again, like I said before, he's the poster child for all things summer. And he was for a while the summer Blockbuster dude. Like right. he had Independence Day and he did Men in Black and he did Bad Boys and, you know, and all that stuff like that. And most of those movies came out like right around, you know, summertime or whatever. And so oh, he was the 4th of July guy because all right. those movies like the first Men in Black and then I think Wild Wild West and like Independence Day, obviously all came out um, right around the 4th of July. Right. Like, he was that guy. I think Wild Wild West is probably the only thing that I've saw of his that I just like absolutely just cannot stand. Like there are some other things that aren't like Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I don't I just I don't know. I don't like Wild Wild West. I just I mean it's ridiculous it and it's corny. He could have made a better it's supposed decision. to be those things. Yeah. And it's crazy because he actually took that movie um instead of being Neo in the Matrix. I'm kind of okay with that because I don't know how I feel about I don't anybody. think he would have made a good Neo. I can't see anybody no, else besides Keanu being Neo, who is still not aging, by the way. I don't understand how he still like looks the same, and he is still. It's because he's Asian. Tackling <laughs> and he is still tackling and taking folks down. I love John Wick. And but, apparently, he's a really good guy because I've heard this is so veering off the topic, but like I heard he gives like the majority of his paycheck for like roles to like the stunt people and like to Jerry and stuff. Like he doesn't keep a whole lot of it and he's just a regular dude who still rides the train and all that jazz like i've seen pictures of him riding the train and stuff but yeah i mean for me you know like i said it wasn't too wasn't too big on movies i mean there are some things that came out here and there of course you know certainly that you watched over the summertime and stuff but for us it was really watching stuff on tv catching up on like old cartoons and stuff like that because you had like rocco's modern life and you had um, our real monsters and Rugrats and just all the stuff that was on like Ren and Stimpy and all that stuff that was on TV like when we were kids so it was yeah. more so about watching that stuff really than the movies um, but I do remember going to a blockbuster and, and just renting a whole bunch of random things from there and just kind of watching that um, and then there were some things that came out kind of before our time that were some summer blockbusters of their time but of uh-huh. course we really didn't catch up to them until probably mid 90s or something like that once we were kind of old enough to see him like i remember the first time i saw uh the original ghostbusters movie i was probably about seven or something like that and in the one of the first scenes in the movie when they're all down in the library and they see the first you know apparition or ghost or whatever and they have that really cool jump scare where uh-huh. she's like reading the book and then all of a sudden she gets like this you know really like demonic face or whatever scared the crap out of me as a kid 
Uh-uh. And it's so funny because I got my kids with that a couple of weeks ago. It was it was amazing. I was like, you guys want to watch wow. this thing? <laughs> this thing that I love? And they're like, sure. I'm like, Ghostbusters. It's got a cool song. You're going to love it. And it scared you me. You were evil. I just, I was passing down the torch of, of, of scary things or whatever. But yeah, you know, outside of that, it's like, I remember a lot of, like watching and rewatching a lot of teen 90s movies. Like I Know What mm-hmm. You Did Last Summer, The Faculty. Um, See, I've never really been a huge fan of like horror movies. Like it, anybody will tell you that like I cannot stand horror movies. Like I do not, like I do not want to watch them. But like I remember watching I Know What You Did Last Summer and like gritting my teeth through it. But like all of my favorite people were in it. So I had right. to watch it. And then like even the sequels I watched and the faculty because it had Usher in it. And yes. Like, <laughs> That's I still know what you did last summer because it had Brandy in it. And luckily she survived to that movie or even movies like, um, deep blue sea. <laughs> like LL made it. Movie. I was like, go black guy. We don't make it through all these movies, but he made no, we it really don't. but he survived. He was sitting there on the little thing with the guy with the other guy because it was like him and one other guy that survived and they were like on a raft in the middle of the sea or in the middle of the facility like, yes uh will you take your foot out of the water please <laughs> yeah he shouldn't even been out there i'm like bro you know this is not what we do like he was just the cook wasn't he right but like, he wasn't one of the scientists he was just uh, the cook. no you tell me i'm going to be out in some like facility out in the middle of the ocean where some sharks are swimming around i'm good with genetically modified sharks. Right. Like why, we watched Jurassic Park. Leave the animals alone. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't understand how this keeps being a thing. Like, how many times can this not work and go horribly wrong? And they just keep trying to, like, make it happen. Like, I'm like, no, it's it's not going to happen. Don't we found that out in the very first movie. Like, we, it, it's, it's not okay. Stop don't. trying to take them off the island. Just leave them alone. They are extinct for a reason. We don't need to bring them back. Like, right. just just stop the madness. Although I am very excited that Jeff Goldblum is coming back in this next Jurassic Park movie. Like, he's about the only reason why I'm in it. But still, like, we don't we don't need to keep doing it. It's literally the only reason I'm going to watch that movie. Like, my husband loves Jurassic Park. So he, like, loves Jurassic Park and he loves Indiana Jones. And so mm-hmm. he definitely is all about the Jurassic Park going to see this new movie and stuff. And I'm just like... Uh, uh. I mean, I'll be there. It's a thing. I'll watch it. I mean, I, maybe I'll enjoy some parts of it and stuff, but I'm definitely not going in with like high expectations because it's like, bro, we should, this should be over. Let it go. We shouldn't be going through the same cycle with these dinosaurs and stuff again. Let it go. Which is exactly what we're doing. Like the last time they tried to take them off the island, it like wrecked some city. I want to say it was New York, but I don't think it was New York. But like there was a T-Rex. Floating around the city. I remember the little kid being like, hey, there's a dinosaur in the pool. And his parents like, go back to bed. And then when they finally went to his room, there was a T-Rex in the pool. Oh, my God. What? Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, I mean, but all of that stuff, I mean, it's, it's crazy because people are going to go see it and they're excited about it and they're lining up for it. And it's all because of that very first movie that came out in the 90s. So, I mean, the, yeah. the pool of nostalgia is real. Like it will, it will reel people into some stuff that they probably shouldn't even really care about like that. But because it's Jurassic Park and because they remember probably seeing that first movie back in the nineties, mm-hmm. here we are again, doing it again. You know, it's like a lot of the, 
the one thing I guess they really haven't brought back though kind of circling back around to like I know what you did last summer and some of those teen flicks like that you really don't see too many of those much more anymore like is that really a I know that they took Scream and they made like a TV show out of it because Kiki Palmer mm-hmm. was on it for a while I never watched it but you don't see re- really a lot of that stuff kind of circling back around anymore I wonder why maybe they just haven't gotten to it yet oh boy and and here you are giving them ideas i'm sorry don't don't listen to me please don't bring that back <laughs> we don't need anybody else standing in the middle of a field wait saying, wait wait but if you me? do listen to her make sure you cut her a check please and thanks <laughs> what do you want from us what do you want from me i'm like oh my god jennifer love hewitt what are you doing girl chill out What a yeah, words. What a career trajectory she's been on. Cause she went from that to like growing up to then being on the Ghost Whisperer and then having another show. What is it? The List. Yeah. The one where she was running a air quotes massage parlor. Oh my gosh, it's a mess. I mean, but like you said, you watched it because it had like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle mm-hmm. Gellar, like all of those people that you were really into so i mean i don't know it's just like a rash of teen movies then so you had like cruel intentions and she's all that which is cruel my intentions is my favorite i love cruel intentions although they those kids were psychopaths oh yeah um, they were horrible people awful people just, but ryan was fine still is mm-hmm. i think so no you are, you I are think. definitely right we are in agreement on that I, I still think he is um if you don't watch his current show shooter you should um it's basically, here we are with the remakes again. It's the movie shooter that have Mark Wahlberg in it. Right. But a TV show. Um, and so the first season is basically that movie that he was in a few years back. And then the second season is things that happen after that. It's actually really good. Um, see, I've heard of it before, but I haven't, I haven't checked it out. So I may have, to, may have to check that out and see. See what he's doing in Shooter. Because I did like the movie. And it I is like, good. Yeah, I like Mark Wahlberg. Um, so might go and kind of try to check that out and see what it was but i mean you have like she's all that and and you know other things like that so a lot of that 90s and stuff i just remember I watching about it. you yeah you're just too good to oh be my true God. such good I stuff all good memories all good summertime things or whatever well that is about it for us today so we went back through talked a little bit about summer some music some fashion some of our memories of little bit of a little bit of games talk a little bit of toys and gave you a few movies and stuff i'm pretty sure you guys have a lot of things that kind of remind you of those days so you know if you're a a 80s kid or a 80s baby 90s kid wherever you may fall into that spectrum if you got some things that maybe you want to talk about keep the conversation going on twitter with us um so we are at hashtag nostalgia mix pod you can use that hashtag you can add us at hashtag mix pod we are going to definitely get this up um, on the first day of summer. We're working on trying to get it on iTunes and Stitcher and a couple of the other places so that we're able to access the podcast episodes. Um, we do intend on dropping an episode every single week on Thursday, kind of falling in line with the whole thir- Throwback Thursday trend. But if you have any questions or anything like that, reach out to both of us. Christina is at SingMyBlueBLU on Twitter. And I am at Ty Gooden on Twitter. So check us out. Tweet us. Let us know how you liked it. Let us know any suggestions or anything. Again, for the opening music, if you got any suggestions for us, definitely hit us up and let us know. Because 
as we grow, we definitely want to listen to what you guys um, are saying, kind of get some feedback and stuff from you and hope to get you involved on some Twitter conversations. Yep. Again, follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you got, um, how you like the show and all that jazz. Um, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Ross, bye.